0: there listener and welcome back to another episode of I Statement. I'm your host Angela and I hope you are having a wonderful day, wonderful evening, afternoon, night, wherever you are, wherever you're at, welcome, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I am doing okay. It is a Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning so the day before that this episode will be released I am recording it which I don't always love to do, but I was having kind of a hard time thinking of what I wanted to talk about this week, and that's probably because I am so busy. All I'm doing right now is student teaching and working two jobs currently, which will increase to three in a couple of weeks, uh, getting ready for classes, and a few other things that are on my plate that I have to be working through. So I won't say I've put I statement on the back burner of my brain, but it kind of feels like it slid into that spot this week. But I'm here, we're all here, and I am going to talk about confidence today. Now, I know confidence, of course, isn't one size fits all. It's very subjective and individualistic. And so I'm just going to talk about my experiences with kind of gaining confidence and working through that. And it's not meant to be a complete transition onto, onto your life or onto what you need for confidence or something else like that. This is simply from my experience, and I'm not trying to project, and I'm just going to explain what confidence has become for me, how I've cultivated confidence in my life and in myself uh, throughout my my growing and changing and just growing into more of me, and how I think... There are definitely some things that can be done to, to increase your own self-confidence and to truly own it and express it and be comfortable with it. So, here we go. This episode is actually inspired. So, after I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to record about this week? What do I want to talk about? I thought back to my student teaching placement. Uh, I think it was last... Friday or Thursday, so not this week, but the week before, one of the very like first days that I was in the classroom. And in our social studies uh, classroom, in that teacher's classroom, they are working on claim, evidence and reasoning pieces. And so basically they're they're making a claim. they have to justify that claim and provide historical facts and evidence as to why their justification, should stand, why it matters, why it's true, why it's real, all that kind of good stuff. So, that's what my students are working on. And she had put a couple of reminders on her board for what she wanted them to remember in order to effectively communicate and write a claim, evidence, reasoning piece. And on the board, in big letters, was the word weak, (laughs) as in the opposite of strong. So, weak, and then underlined, and then the first thing was I statements. <laughs> and I, I kind of did a double take, and I, I thought to myself, oh, okay. No, that makes sense for this scenario, because in claim evidence reasoning pieces, I statements or first-person statements can take away from your justification in your claim, especially with phrases such as I think, or I believe, or... I want to say things of that nature which my fifth and sixth graders are probably more used to writing than just stating what they actually believe as the truth or in second or third person so yeah i saw that on the board and it didn't it obviously didn't really make me lose confidence in the concept of I statements because, A, this was totally out of context, this was a totally different scenario and situation where language mattered, where what my students were using in order to communicate their thoughts and reasoning effectively mattered. However, it definitely did make me think a little bit about what I'm doing, the message I'm trying to send, the work that I'm doing with I statements, and trying to use them as a space, or a form, rather, of accessibility. And it made me question for a minute, you know, okay, is my mission truly solid here? You know, what's the reasoning behind it? What's my claim? Why am I doing it? Why do I have a podcast called I Statement? What does that even mean? Am I really using I Statements in my podcast? And so my mind just kind of started to wander. You know, I'm I'm in the classroom with my students and we're supposed to be thinking about math and I'm just standing there. In the back of the room thinking about, oh my gosh, I statements, I statement. It, is, it, is it valid? Is it true? Are they necessary? And then of course, yes they are. They're absolutely necessary. This is a totally different scenario, but it made me think about confidence. It made me think about what feels good to me, what feels fulfilling to me and for me, and how I've kind of cultivated that in my life and what that can look like in in many different forms and in many different um, situations. So, just as a preface, I've never been the most confident person. I think I can exude confidence sometimes, and Vanessa can actually speak to this and may have actually spoken to this in one of the episodes that I've recorded with her, but she will often say that I tend to present my professional self, and I'm using that in air quotes because I don't love the connotations of professionalism and how the word itself, professionalism, the, the state of it, discriminates against against groups of people. So I do not like to promote professionalism in that sense, but she has said before that I tend to show that side more than what she would refer to as my authentic self, And I, I totally agree with her. And I think that that right there translates to me at times not having authentic confidence. It's more of a facade sort of confidence, or maybe a convincing sort of stance and presence and way I'm acting and communicating. So confidence for me has never come easy. So even in my professional life, even in my life right now, uh, in my career, my educational life, all that kind of stuff, I have not been the most confident. I definitely probably had it a little bit more when I was younger. I was a very outgoing kid, Uh, at least my mom says I was super outgoing, super spunky. Every home movie of me I'm saying something sassy or <laughs> something of that nature. I, I don't I don't look shy. I don't look like I am questioning myself or who I am. And that's not to say that those who who are shy or who are timid don't have confidence, but those are often some of the traits or characteristics that do often become associated with folks who lack confidence. So as a kid, very outspoken, very outgoing, very sure of me, at least I think. I don't have a lot of, uh, long-term memories like that. I don't really have many concrete memories from when I was a kid, but from what I've been told and from what I do remember, I remember feeling pretty self-assured and I trusted in myself and my abilities. Then fast forward to middle school and just about all, (laughs) all of high school. Um, definitely did not (laughs) feel confident. I absolutely 100% lacked confidence. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was meant to be. And throughout that whole period of about six, seven years, I was going through some mental health concerns and I developed an eating disorder. And that whole period of my life was just rocky because it was blanketed with a lot of trauma and difficulty. And not to say that those experiences are an excuse or something that totally inhibited my ability to, to be confident or things of that nature, but they were certainly a factor in a lack of confidence that I I felt. I, I, didn't, I didn't ever feel confident, and I don't think I was ever able to identify why. I just felt bad. <laughs> I felt bad about me. I didn't like me and that was really hard to live with once i started applying to school senior year and feeling like i was figuring out a bit more of my life i think that brought about some confidence but even then i i felt like i had limited resources when it came to applying to schools i didn't apply to as many as uh, retrospectively i wish i had uh, as a first-gen student, I didn't, I didn't really know. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing or where I was supposed to be going. I felt like I certainly had a lack of guidance. So even that whole process, a time that's supposed to be empowering, an, an experience that was supposed to be able to empower me in some way, didn't really. <laughs> didn't really at all. And, you know, I, I chose my school, but I didn't choose it until about three days before <laughs> um, decision day. And so even that whole experience was was tumultuous and rocky and didn't leave me a lot of space to feel secure in my college decision, to feel like I had absolutely 100% made the right choice and that I was pursuing exactly what I wanted to do. So there was definitely a lack of confidence there. I wasn't confident in me. I didn't know what I was doing. I really, (laughs) truly didn't. But then coming to school, going to college... Working more, volunteering, being with other people, I felt fulfilled and I felt fulfilled because I felt needed. I felt like I was contributing to other things that weren't just me and I felt like I was making them better and I had never felt like I was filling other people's buckets before or that I was really helping my workplace or things of that nature. And my, my trusted colleague pointed out to me the other day when we were talking that I feel confident when I feel needed, when I feel like what I can provide and what I can give is being received in a positive and transformative way. And he is absolutely <laughs> 110% correct in that, in that claim, in that assumption. I do feel confident and I do feel fulfilled when I am needed because I like to do, I like to produce, in air quotes, I like to do things, and I trust in myself and feel tremendous self-assurance when others receive those things that I do with, with open arms, with pride, with gratitude, with whatever it may be, whatever positive reaction it may be. I will always <laughs> feel good about that, and going to school made me realize, okay, What I need to feel confident is not what everybody else needs to feel confident, first of all, because I have friends who feel confident from looking their best or from giving to others or when they do something extremely specific related to what their career intentions are, career goals are. There are so many other ways that confidence can be be felt and can be assured and even given but it's not the same for everyone and being able to identify the moments when okay i felt good about me because i just did this that helped me realize a trend there was a huge pattern there over the years that i was that i was noticing and and those experiences have helped to shape and make me realize what exactly makes me feel confident what makes me feel like i can rely on myself what makes me feel like i trust in myself. What actually makes me trust in me? And that's tremendous. And again, those experiences and those things look different for everybody. So it's not, you know, not everyone is going to feel confident from fulfilling someone else's or something else's needs. That's just me. That's how I feel good about myself. And I don't even know if that's the best way to feel confident because constantly fulfilling others' needs kind of promotes a culture where I neglect my own, and I am certainly not trying to promote that. I have a lot to learn in that department, in that category. But for the purpose of this episode, a confidence episode, I've been able to recognize what makes me confident, what makes me feel confident and be confident, and that's tremendous I don't know exactly how to identify those feelings and those experiences in other people, but I do encourage you, each one of my listeners, to think about those things or those times or feelings when you feel very sure of yourself because we know what that feels like. We know what it feels like to maybe have a sigh of relief or feel like a weight's been lifted off our shoulders or just feel like we can take on the world. And that, those are feelings of confidence. Those are feelings of trusting in ourselves that we can do this thing or we can achieve that. Taking the time to reflect on, okay, this is what makes me feel good. This is what empowers me. This is what boosts me up. This is what fills my bucket. Here I am feeling confident. Like, I trust myself. Identifying those experiences and then seeking more of them, I mean... That's exactly what we all should be doing to feel and be our best selves. And I, I can't emphasize that enough. I've realized in my life, I've gone through a lot of, a lot of trauma and a lot of difficult experiences and times, but when I'm able to feel confident, when I do feel confident, I feel, at least mostly, like my best self. And, even more importantly, like my authentic self. I feel good. I feel happy and treasured and respected and uplifted by those feelings, by feelings of confidence, by feeling like I am doing good, like I can take on something else or I can push through and I can make a change and I can advocate, I can empower. Whatever those feelings are for you, that's what they are for me. Those are so great to cultivate and have present in my life whenever I'm able to create them. Confidence comes in so many shapes and sizes in different forms. There's body confidence, there's self-confidence, there's relationship confidence, job confidence, so many different types of confidences. And what I can say to all of those is to envision yourself as you want to be. Envision your positionality in those spaces and areas such that you are your ideal yet authentic self, that you are in your best spot in those spaces. In envisioning that, determining, okay, what does this look like? How do I look? How do I function in that space of confidence? That will absolutely help to cultivate and grow confidence because you'll be able to identify, okay, this is what I need. I need this. And then to affirm it. Affirm yourself. Affirm that relationship. Affirm that job. Use I statements to communicate to you and even to a space, an empty room, or others around you that this is what you need to be confident or this is who you are when you are confident. I try to say things like, I am still worthy and valuable when I'm not needed by others. And that helps to shift my own mindset of, okay, constantly being needed isn't always a great thing. I shouldn't be dependent on that to feel fulfilled. But also recognizing that that is something that does make me confident and helps me be fulfilled. So it it sort of balances balances the two for for me. But saying things like that, saying those positive affirmations and I statements of truth and growth and positivity are paramount to growing and establishing and maintaining confidence. Right now I am feeling pretty confident because I've been working on a very important and necessary project and endeavor for my college related to student communications, to advocacy, to empowerment, and to equity, inclusion, and belonging, and I've been doing some research and speaking with our college's president, cabinet, director of communications and external affairs, and a few other professionals in that arena about what a student communications and advocacy professional could do for, for my college, for my institution, and doing that research, doing that work, having those conversations, and Putting it out there that, hey, this position is more than necessary right now is incredible and helps me be confident. That makes me confident. Not only confident about the outcome that will come from all of this and what I expect to happen, but just in myself. It's affirming for me that I I can plan, I can research, I'm an advocate. I can empower. I'm a communicator. I'm an excellent communicator. Those things and this experience, this experience has promoted those feelings and those things that I just affirmed right here in this episode. So I encourage all of you to identify an experience in your life that you may have had recently where you think or believe you felt confident or you know you felt confident Maybe y'all are better at this than I am, but I'm still learning and I wanted to share it with all of you. Identify one of those experiences and really pick it apart. Analyze what you did, how you got there, what the result was, what the product was, and how you were feeling throughout. Try and connect those actual tangible experiences and acts of doing to your emotions, to your feelings, and to your own esteem because that helps identify, establish, and maintain confidence. I feel like I could speak a lot more on this. I would love to hear others' experiences on this, so if you relate to this episode or feel as though you're coming to discover your own confidence, whatever that means to you, please share it with me. Please. I want to know. I want to empower you, and I want to hear about your own experiences and learn from all of you. I'd love to do more research on this and maybe even have a guest to talk about coming into your own confidence or coming into confidence in a scenario that is close to you or important to you. And yeah, this this has been fun to talk about. It's hard to to be confident and to affirm it and to assure it and truly claim it and be proud of it. But doing so is so important and makes me, at least, feel really good inside. It makes me feel like I can tackle other things. It makes me feel like I can challenge myself and dare to be different, dare to step out from what I'm used to, dare to engage with something that I might feel unconfident doing. Confidence is key. Confidence is important, and confidence is something that can empower all of us to do our best, and feel our best every single day. So I hope this episode resonated with you a little bit. Please tell me about your experiences coming into your own self-confidence or whatever type of confidence you want to share about. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next Monday.